welcome. I got all that out of the way. We can dive right in. But before we do that, I need to release our King Fu kids. King Fu kids, go learn something for us today. Father, we thank you for our kiddos. We ask that you would move mightily in their class today, God, that they would learn something new and great about you. Thank you for our leaders. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Hey, stand with me one more time. Before we dive in today, we are going to pray together over this message, the prayer of 2019. If you're a first or second time guest with us today, this is just a prayer that we have prayed every Sunday. Nothing hokey, nothing weird. Just repeat after me. We're going to pray together. Awesome God, give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Give us a heart to receive. Give us a mouth to confess all of the good things that you have already prepared for us. Amen. You can have a seat. Today, if I had a title, okay, today we are in the third installment of our series, God's Plan. Um, we've been talking about um, financial prosperity and, and things like that throughout the last couple of weeks, and we're going to continue kind of along that lines today. And if I heard of the title of today's message, it would be this, Living in God's Fullness. Living in God's Fullness. And our key passage is going to be Romans 1, 21. And as we, before we kind of start dissecting that, I want you to right now just imagine, like if you have kiddos, imagine that you are the best parent in the world and what that looks like. Okay? If you don't have kiddos, just do the same thing. Imagine that when I have children... I am the best parent in the world. What does that look like? Or think about your parents. Some of you may have had, like, absent parents. Maybe you had parents that, you know, really weren't that great, and you have this hard time, like, imagining, you know, what a great parent would be. But right now, just try to imagine the best parent possible. We're going to spend, like, 10 seconds, okay? Imagining the best parent ever, ever, ever. Okay, that's about 10. Got it? Okay, hold on to that. Because that's what living in God's fullness is like. Having the best parent in the entire world. So Romans 1.21 says this. Although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Nor were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. This is describing an empty and a lost people. Okay? So the questions, I guess, of today would be this. Do you ever feel like you and God have drifted apart? Do you ever feel like the love and joy you may have once experienced with God uh, has faded or left? Or you're sitting there and you're like, I don't, I don't really know where me and God are, are at. At one time I felt like we were like this, but now, now I don't know. Well, I, I want to, you know, reassure you today just a little bit that you're not alone there. Um, so many Christians, including myself, many believers, including myself, feel like these experiences, that the experiences that we've had with God have for some reason changed over time. And maybe we can't put our finger quite on, like, why did it happen? But we know that something has happened. And when, and, you know, my whole life and, and growing up, I always felt like when, whenever I would feel distant from God, I would have to do something, go somewhere, do this thing, and I would get, and I would start seeking what, I, I'm going to use some Christianese terms with you, 
like another filling from God. Like I need to get filled up again, God. So I'm going to go to this retreat or uh, I'm going I'm to go to the altar because I need to get filled up again or, or I've got to fast. I've got to do all this stuff because I need another filling of you, God. Listen, probably between the ages of like 16 and 21, I got saved like a quarter of a thousand times. Okay. Um, I, 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 I felt like I lost step at least like a hundred thousand times. And, and, and I felt distant from God countless times. And, and all those times I felt like I got to get another feeling of God. I've, I've got to get there. And, and really what it was, it was like, I need another Jesus fix. I got to get another fix. I'm, I'm lost in this. I got, I got to find Jesus again. Find him again. And so Secret time, okay, secret time. That's not the New Testament. That's not New Covenant. Hebrews 13, 5 says, for God has it is it, Hello, hello. There we go. Oh, that's loud. I might just shout. I'm good, okay. Hebrews 13, 5 says, For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So, guys, he's not going anywhere. He's there. Um, me and Jesse have uh, been dating for a very long time. She's my girlfriend for, like, I don't know, 19 years, something like that, crazy like that. And I remember, like, we were breaking the rules, and we were staying up late talking on the phone. And are we sure that this isn't louder? Because it sure seems louder. But anyways, um, and we would talk on the phone after we weren't supposed to, and it would be like just you didn't have anything to say anymore. So you just kind of like just kind of listen to each other breathe a little bit and be like, I love you so much. I love you so, so much. And it's like, hey. You there? Hey, what's up? Where are you at? And then as you hear this, you hear this softly over the phone. <laughs> See, that doesn't happen with God. He don't fall asleep on you. Okay? He stays there. He ain't going nowhere. And what's neat is that whenever I receive salvation from him, I am full. That's a that's that's a that's a that's a simple statement, but 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 it's deep, guys. Process that when you say yes to Jesus, you're full of him. And if that's true, and I promise you that it is, we have to ask in those moments where we feel distant, who moved, who changed? And as believers, and when I say believers, this is who I'm talking about, those who, according to the Bible, confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead. You are considered a believer. We're capable of living in fullness every single day of our lives. And what that means is living in a constant state of this, God continually pouring out his love, peace, joy, revelation, knowledge, and every other blessing onto us constantly every moment of the day. So, so what happens? Well, we can get to the point 
where we aren't receiving anymore and feel like he's drifted from us. I love that God doesn't force gifts on us, but he allows us to receive those things. But we get to that point where we aren't receiving and we feel like he's drifted from us. Listen, God didn't drift away from man. Man drifted away from God. And God didn't change his mind about you. You changed your mind about him. God came to man seeking him in his unbelief. God came to you seeking you in your unbelief. I know that because the Bible says that while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. And if you fail to understand this, then you'll, you'll find yourself painting this incorrect picture of God. And, and rather than painting the picture of the best parent in the entire world, you paint something much less than. You imagine a God that retreats rather than runs towards you. You, you start to imagine a God that drifts away rather than dwells in you. Listen, my Bible says that you have fullness, not partness fullness in him fullness in him colossians 2 9 through 10 for in christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form so what that's saying is the father son and the holy spirit okay so all the fullness lives in bodily form and in christ you have been brought to fullness okay so when you say yes to Jesus, you have been brought to fullness. And what does that mean? That you are full of what? Okay, so what does being brought to fullness mean? I'm going to tell you right now, and it's very simple, everything. It means absolutely everything. When you are brought to fullness, it means everything. Another translation of Colossians 2.10 says this, and by your union with him, you are also filled with it. What is the it? the entire deity of God. So if you're a believer, a Christian, what are you filled with? You know, just the Holy Spirit alone? Just Jesus? Just, just hot air judgment and anger? No. Your union with Christ fills you with everything of God. The Father, say the Father. The Son, say the Son. And the Holy Spirit, say the Holy Spirit. Okay. So in other words, you're hooked up. You're whole. You're full of it. Look at your neighbor and say, you're full of it. Good. Are you ready for this? If you think that God's fullness shrinks in any way, you're wrong. Okay. And ready for this? If you think it's up to you to take hold of fullness, I have to ask you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Anyways, we're going to move on. Okay, if you think it's up to you to hold on to that fullness, I've got to ask you this. How far along are you? Like 1%? 12%? 50%? 90 How close are you to taking hold of God's fullness? And that sounds crazy. Like, to think that I've got to take, I have to take hold of God's fullness. I have to do that. 
So I'm going to warn you about the next statement I'm going to make, okay? Again, it's going to sound unreasonable, but when you say yes to Jesus, you're full. (laughs) I keep saying it over and over again because we forget so easily. When you say yes to Jesus, you're, you're full, not by you holding on, but by you receiving. Not by you holding on, but by you receiving. God spoke something really cool to me this past week. If you've hung around with me any amount of time, you know that God spoke something. I was praying for a timely message from God. I, I specifically said, God, I need you to give me a timely word, specifically for Curtis, specifically for Venture. And God spoke, abide and abound. And I said, I got that. And I ran with it, okay? I was talking to my friend Randy this week about how I got it and I ran with it. And then suddenly this week I realized I was running with the wrong thing the whole time. But I love God's grace because he said, it's okay, Curtis, we can, we can adjust course. See, I had convinced myself that the word abide meant that, Josh, come here real quick. Just stand right here. I won't hurt you, I promise. You're bigger than me anyway, so I don't think I could. You ready? So I thought that abide meant that I got to hold on. And God wiggles, I got to hold on. No matter what. And eventually, if I hold on long enough, I'll abound in something. And I said it this way, abide in his presence, and eventually, you'll abound in his power. He goes, sit down, thank you. Okay? What God showed me this week is this, is that I had been looking at abiding entirely wrong. Maybe you've never said this. I know I never have. But have you ever heard or seen a movie where someone says, welcome to my humble abode? Anybody ever said that? Really? That's crazy. Why would you say that ever? But anyways, um, welcome to my humble abode. Do you know what abode means? It means like where you live. It means your home. Like welcome to my home. Welcome to the place where I live. Do you know where the word abode comes from? The word abide. What Jesus was saying to me was this. Curtis, just live. Just live. It's got nothing to do with you straining and holding on and sweating it out every day. Just live, Curtis. Abide in me. Allow me to abide in you. Let's live and watch how we abound. That's a side note. That's extra. That's free. Don't even have to pay for that. Full of it. You have all of him. You have fullness, and here's, here's, here's cool. Here's something cool. You can't be more righteous. When you receive his salvation, you are as righteous then as you're ever going to be. Why? Because you're righteous in his sight. Right then and there, you are as righteous as you are ever going to be, and that's been God's plan all along. So what we're talking about in this series and what we're talking about overall is the renewing of our minds. And if we started to actually believe, our church mission statement says to declare and demonstrate. If we started to actually declare and demonstrate this gospel, listen, you would change your world in an instant. Our series, God's Plan, this week we're talking about the fullness of God that's available to you. And in order to walk in that fullness of God's plan for your life, you have to change the way you see God and yourself. I'm going to say that again. You have to change the way that you see God in yourself. I told you last week, because last week I titled the message, God Can Afford It. And the day after I titled the message, the day after I I noted the message at home, our 
our car broke down in Fort Worth and we were in a spot where we didn't know if we were going to have to pay like a substantial amount of money to have our car repaired and it I was struggling so hard not to be stressed out. Ever been there? Like I ain't going to get stressed. And then you're getting stressed cuz you're trying not to get stressed. And you find this weird mental condemnation thing. You don't know what to do with it. But you got people looking at you like your wife and kids, and you're like, it's good. God's got this. And deep down inside, you're like, I don't know if he does, but I sure hope he does. That's where I was at. And every day I'd call that dealership almost on the hour. I'd be like, you got any news? And that guy's like, nope, not yet. And I'm like, you're killing me. You are pressing my faith, brother. Because every time I call you, you have nothing. And then he called me and he said, hey, we got some good news. I said, awesome. He said, you're going to need a whole new engine. And I was like, that don't sound like good news. And he said, but we're going to pay for it. Chrysler's going to pay for it. And I said, oh, that sounds better. That's good stuff. Thank you. And I said, well, what about the rental car? I was like, you know, we got this rental car we're paying for. He's like, oh, Chrysler will cover that too. I'm like, oh, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, God praise Jesus. I knew he would. <laughs> okay, and then yesterday, let me talk to you about renewing your mind. Yesterday, Yesterday, oh, Jesus, yesterday, our hot water heater went out. Praise you, Lord. And I'm just trying, at this point, I'm like, this ain't funny anymore. That thing's like 500-something dollars. This is Christmas time. I got to buy a turkey next week, stuff like that. And, and, and I used, I said these words. I said, well, that's about par. That's about right. Guys, God just gave me a $7,000, like, motor. And $500, that's about par, God. Thank you. Why do I tell you how dumb I am? Because I want you to see how easy it is to forget. We are full, and we forget it. We are full, and we forget it. And your best life is found in how you see yourself in him. You're not an orphan. You aren't weak. You aren't empty. You aren't powerless. You aren't purposeless. And if you don't believe me yet, that's okay. Because my Bible says that faith comes by hearing. God has always had thoughts to give you a hope and a future. Since before you were conceived, since before you were a thought, he had thoughts of you. And he has created you and he has equipped you to prosper. He gave you the freedom to make choices. And I think one of the biggest choices that you can make is how you're going to see him in your life and how you're going to see yourself in relation to him. So the question is, do you really believe it? Do you really believe that you can live in the fullness of God? And some of you might right now say, yes, I do. No, I don't, or I don't know. I DK. Okay, four steps. Let me tell you real quick. Simple. Okay, if you're a no or an I don't know, renew your thinking, change your mind, believe it, and have faith. Boom. There you go. Sounds easy, right? So if you don't believe me yet, it's okay because, like I said earlier, remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So let's do this. Let's check out some word. Worship team, can you make your way back up, please? Our theme verse, Romans 1. 21 introduces four separate keys that can lead us into and keep us living in the fullness of God. 
it says that we are to glorify God, be thankful, recognize the power of imagination, and have a good heart. And you know what? You have the power to control every one of these things in your life. So let's check out this verse real quick. Jesse, throw that up for me. Romans 1.21, it says, Although they knew God, and this might be you, although you knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Nor were they thankful, but, but they became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish hearts were darkened, and they said, dumb things like that's about par <laughs> although they knew God they did not glorify him as God nor were they thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened so we get four separate ways four separate keys to living in the fullness of God we're going to play kind of the opposite game here. One, glorify God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I'm going to give you some word. Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to him that believes. Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This isn't talking about working towards salvation because when you receive salvation, you're full. You're there. It's talking about that abounding thing, those good things that happen. They see my good works, and they glorify your Father in heaven. One, glorify God. Two, thankfulness. Psalm 103, 2 through 5, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. In other words, uh, remember or remind yourself. Don't forget him, okay? And forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Thankfulness, Psalm 100, 4 through 5. Enter into his gates with thankfulness and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. Your Father is good. And his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Three. Third key to living in fullness is imagination. Say, imagination. All right? <laughs> See, this is, this is like so lost. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, No eye has seen nor ear heard the things which God has planned for those who love him. Ephesians 3, 20 says, Now all glory to God who was able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or imagine. What do you think of that? How, how far have you let your imagination go with what God can do? Because I think replacing an engine in a car is like a light morning to him. It's like what he did while he was making his coffee. Okay? And the fact that, anyways, we're going to move. <laughs> a good heart. A good heart. Matthew 23, 25 through 26. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It says, woe to you, Pharisees. It's talking to religious people. Woe to you, Pharisees, and you religious leaders, you hypocrites. You are so careful to polish the outside of the cup 
but the inside is foul with ex extortion and greed. Blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup, and then the whole cup will be clean. A good heart. Matthew 12, 35, a, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. A good heart. Mark 7, 21 through 23, for from within... Out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, that is a big word, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The Bible says that if I confess with my mouth, but believe in my heart, Believe in your heart. So as he thinks in his heart, I think that's an interesting way to say it because my heart has no thought process. In any other context, my heart has no thought process. It just beats. It's told what to do. But I'm told here to believe in my heart. What is it saying? In the deepest parts of me, believe. Ezekiel 36, 26, and here we go. And I will give you a new heart, not a refurbished heart. Not just a little bit cleaned up, a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. And I will take out your stubborn heart of stone. And I will give you a tender and responsive heart. How do we live in the fullness of God? We glorify him. We are thankful. We, you let, we let our imagination fly. And we have a good heart. And we don't fall into this category. I'm going to read it one more time. Although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Nor were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Stand with me real quick. I want to pray and speak some things over to you today. Then we're going to close in a time of worship. Bow our heads. Father, we thank you that you desire to prosper us and to lead us along a good road and it will prosper us in every area of our lives jesus god although you were infinitely prosperous you impoverished yourself for my sake for our sake so that by your poverty we may be prosperous beyond measure god right now we declare that we are prospering in our minds our bodies our spirits our finances Whatever we do prospers. Father, we confess and declare that we will walk in your favor. And God, we thank you that you delight in our successes. God, with you all things are possible and we walk every day expecting your favor and success to be upon us. We're blessed coming in and blessed going out. We're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. And we thank you, Father, that Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of lack, poverty, and want. And we're blessed because of him. God, we declare that you can't afford it because there's nothing beyond you. And we choose to receive by our belief. And we confess and we declare that we are blessed. And God, we believe today that not only are we blessed, but we get to walk in your fullness on earth. God, and if there's anyone here who has not received what you have been offering, Father, I pray. That they would say yes today. And as your word says, that they would just believe in their heart and confess with their mouth. 
that you are Lord, that you will raise from the dead and receive that salvation and that justification and can walk out righteousness and fullness in you. God, we thank you that we are your fullness on earth. We ask today that you get all the glory. We thank you for all that you've done and are doing and are planning to do, and we believe that we can accomplish more than we can imagine. We know that you have given us a heart like yours, and it's our prosperity that enables us to grow and advance individuals and families by declaring and demonstrating your gospel to everyone, every day, and everywhere. God, and we, despite what it may look like, when we walk in your fullness, we get to decide how we live. And today I declare that we will live from glory to glory and trust in you as our good father, as our good parent, as the perfect representation of that. God, we praise you. Do some heart surgery today. Lead us to you.